All right. When you think of TYG, uh, what is it that you think of? What is not necessarily just the name TYG, but what is the what's the drive? What is the purpose? What's what's the reason uh, for TYG to exist? Or what's the reason, uh, students, for you to attend TYG? Maybe for the students, uh, it's the games. Maybe you're here uh, because uh, you like all the games that we have. You like going to broomball. Uh, maybe it's the events. Uh, that we have. Maybe it's the friends. Um, it's here. You're here because you don't have a lot of friends, and so maybe you're hoping to find some friends. Uh, parents, why is it that you bring your your kids here? Is it because it's free babysitting? Uh, is it to allow for more socialization because a lot of them are homeschooled? <laughs> If someone were to ask you, what is TYG all about? Someone were to ask you, student, why do you go to TYG? And they ask you, why should I go there? What would you say? And well, all these things that I said, the, the events and the games and the friends, the free babysitting, the, the socialization, all of that, uh, that's all an aspect of TYG. And I think they're important and they're beneficial aspects. None of them are the heart of what TYG is about. Why are we here? Uh, why does TYG exist? Why am I committed to this ministry? Why are the staff committed to this ministry? Why do the staff give up their free time and their energy and their resources each and every week? Why do you come to TYG? Well, tonight I want to answer uh, these questions. And in doing so, I want us to look at three aspects of our ministry of TYG. I want to look at the purpose of TYG, why we exist, uh, the mission of TYG, what we do, and the tactics of TYG and how we do it. So there's quite a lot, and we are running short on time, so I'll do my best to wrap this up. So first, we'll look at our purpose. If... We'll stop walking. There we go. Our purpose, why we exist in Colossians 3.17. This is our theme verse for youth group, for TYG. It says this. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. But as a youth group, we seek to do everything for the glory of Christ. That is our purpose. That is why we exist. We seek to do everything for the glory of Christ. It starts with Christ. He is the focal point. He is the center. He really is the purpose of our ministry. If the glory of Christ is not at the center of our ministry, then our, our ministry should not exist. We must not lose sight of Christ. Christ and his glory should never be a second or a third or a fourth priority in this ministry. But he must come first in all things. We can't let uh, the fun of TYG or, or the music of TYG or, or all the different people and how many people we have here, any of that. We can't let any of that become first and then Christ be second. But this ministry must always be about Christ first 
and him receiving the glory and the things that we do and the things that we say. That is our purpose here. That is first and foremost our goal at TYG. That everything we do needs to revolve around Christ. As we teach, as we sing, even as we play games, as we interact, as, as we serve each other, as, as we give uh, our, our offerings to, to uh, Katerine and Dubon, and all these things, it all must be for the sake of Christ. And indeed, that is our goal. And while we don't do it perfectly, it is what we strive for. To glorify Christ in all things. To worship Him and to give Him the glory and the praise. And so I ask you students, students that are here, is, is that true for you? Do you share that same goal that we have for TYG? Does your heart desire to glorify Christ in all things? Even when you're here, are, are, are you listening to, to the messages? Are you listening to, to this message right now for the sake of worshiping Christ, to glorify him? When you're here, do you interact with your friends for the sake of worshiping Christ and to glorify him? That is our goal here at TYG. But it must not stop after we leave these four walls. But as a youth group, we seek to equip you with the means to glorify Christ everywhere. Paul says, whatever you do, do everything, he says. Everything. That's here at TYG. And that's everywhere you go outside of TYG. Whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Paul right here in this verse, he's like making a, a, a super emphasis here. Like it, it would be, it was written today in bold and it'd be underlined and it'd be on caps. Like he can't stress it enough that everything we do should be in the name of Christ. And what does that mean to do in the name of Christ? In the name of Christ, it means that we represent Christ in everything we do and we do it all for him. Like a servant or an ambassador that we do so in the name of our master. Like if a servant were to do something, he would do it in the name of blank, whoever their master was. Or an ambassador, as he went to speak, he would say, I say these things in the name of blank, whoever it is that they are representing. And as we live our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus, as it says here in Colossians 3.17, we are saying, I do this in the name of Jesus. That when you see me, you see a representative of Christ. That the way that I live is lived like Christ and live for the glory of Christ. That's what we strive for. Is that true for you? Are you at TYG in the name of Christ? Are you at home with your parents and your siblings in the name of Christ? Are you at school like I already said homes. So never mind. Are you, are you wherever you are in the name of Christ, representing him, living for his glory? That is our purpose at TYG. That is why we, are, why we exist. Our purpose is to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. To live like him and to live for him. Now our mission, we see in Colossians 1.28. This is what we do. Our mission, what we do in Colossians 1, 28, if you have your Bible, you can flip back a page maybe. Paul says, him we proclaim, that's Christ, 
Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. We proclaim Christ by warning everyone and teaching everyone. Warning everyone and teaching everyone. We proclaim Christ, first he says. We proclaim Christ. He is our message. We talked about how he is at the center of everything we do, but he's also at the center of our message. We are not here to present a a self-help motivational speech every week. Um, these are the ways in which you can get more friends. These are the ways in which that you can uh, be better in, in school or do this or that. These are ways in which you're such a great person. We're not here for uh, these self-help speeches, but it is him we proclaim. We are here to proclaim Christ. And it's essential for us never to forget the importance of Christ in our message. Because as soon as we leave him out, as soon as we forget the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have the danger of creating false gospels of our own making. And oftentimes it can be gospels of our own self. If we start preaching, if we say, obey this and and do this and be like this, and we leave Christ out of it, it very quickly can become a false gospel. Maybe a self-justification or self-sanctification or even our own self-glorification. But we must remember the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we must remember that we need his grace in all things. And while we have a responsibility to act, yes, it is all done through our complete dependence of his grace. So we proclaim Christ and and we warn everyone. He says here in Colossians 1.28 that we warn of the sure reality of what will happen if you do not have Christ. Apart from Christ, God's eternal wrath awaits you. Because God is the creator of all and he is a holy and he is a just God. And we are his creation. And being his creation, we have sin in our nature We are sinners and we have sinned against this holy and just God. And the wages of sin is death. And in our sin and our rebellion against God, we deserve his eternal wrath. And there's nothing that we can do to wash ourselves clean. There's nothing that we can do to make ourselves right before God. But we are guilty before God. But then comes Jesus Christ. And he is our hope. He is our salvation. And it is in him, Christ, God in the flesh, who came to earth. He added humanity to himself, and he lived a perfect righteous life, the life that we needed to live. And yet he died the death that we deserve on the cross, bearing the wrath of God on our behalf, if you are indeed in Christ. And then we must respond. And how do we respond? Do we respond by... In his grace, in which he grants us faith and repentance, that we turn to Christ in faith, completely trusting in the finished work of Christ and repenting of our sins. In which God gives us, again, by his grace, justified through faith, salvation, inheritance in Christ, eternal life. Or do we respond by continuing to rebel against God, continuing to turn our back against God, and all that path leads to is destruction. 
And that destruction is the eternal wrath of God. And that is reality. That is the truth. And we don't shy away from that truth. But instead, as we proclaim him, warning everyone. We don't expect that everyone here is a Christian. We know that there are people here and people that come in and out of these doors and in TYG that do not have a relationship with God. And we don't apologize for the truths of the gospel, but instead we warn and we give the hope of Jesus Christ because he is our hope. And so we proclaim Christ, warning everyone. And what else does he say? Teaching everyone. Teaching everyone. And so we teach. And we teach the word of God. The Bible is so rich in truth. And we could study this our entire lives and never truly master it. And teaching is such a big aspect of TYG. Whether it's through formal teaching here or whether it's small teaching uh, through, through, or uh, teaching through small groups uh, and discipleship. All of it centers around the word of God. Because this, the word of God, is our authority. My words have no authority. My words mean nothing. But it is his words that we submit to. Why is it that we teach? Why is it that you should seek to learn? So that we can best learn how to glorify God with our lives. That is our greatest purpose, is it not? And as we seek to glorify God in everything we do, like we said, then we need to learn how to do that. And it's found here in his word. And so we go to his word together as our authority and we submit to him and his word. So I ask you students, is that your goal? Is that your desire? Are you learning? Are you learning when we're teaching? How do you approach his word? How do you approach the teaching time? You approach the teaching time to, to quietly goof off with your friends? Thinking that I don't see what's going on. I see all of you. <laughs> or, or, or just, just you know, oh yeah, that, that's the worst part of the teaching time. I just got to get through it. And then we can play until 1030 at night. <laughs> How do you approach the teaching time? Are you involved in discipleship? Are you going to the word of God? Are you submitting to his word? And are you living differently because of it? Our desire is to proclaim Christ by warning and by teaching everyone who comes through these doors. What does he say as he continues in verse 28? Seek to grow and mature every man, every person in Christ. We seek to grow and mature every man or every person in Christ. And this goes right along with teaching. That we teach so that you may grow and so that you may mature in Christ. If you are in Christ, you should not just be stagnant. And I understand we go through seasons in life. I understand people grow at different paces and that's okay. But if you're a Christian, you should be conforming more and more into the image of Christ. You should be growing in Him. You should be maturing in Christ. Don't be content with, with just being a, a, a baby Christian, but desire to mature, desire to grow up. I remember when I was younger, and this is now talking about physical maturity. I remember I wanted to grow up so much. I remember everyone said, oh, you're so young, oh, you're so little. I was always just the youngest one in the room or in my groups or friends or family or whatever. And I always wanted to get older. I remember around some of your guys' age, like the younger junior high, I remember one time I was 
going swimming, and I was drying off. I saw a little hair pop out of my armpit. And I said, yes, hair! I was so excited for armpit hair. I don't know why. Because it was a sign. I'm a man. Okay? I had this desire to be older, to grow, to mature. Now, in a more serious way, spiritually, do you have a strong desire to mature, to be a mature Christian, to mature in Christ? Are you seeking to grow in Christ? Or are you content with just being a baby Christian? What areas in which you know, or what are the areas in which you know that you need to grow in Christ? We all have them. I have them. You have them. Are you seeking by the grace of God to grow in those areas? Well, part of our mission here at TYG is to help you grow and mature in Christ. Okay, we've seen our purpose. We've seen our mission. Now our tactics, how we do it. Flip with me if you could to Ephesians 4. There's a lot here, so we're going to just blast through this. Colossians 4, 12 through 16. A lot of different ways. I'll, I won't read all 12 through 16 right now. I'll read it as we go. What are our tactics? How do we do this? Well, first, by equipping the saints, verse 12. By equipping the saints. He says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. We seek to equip each and every one of you in the word of God. Notice who Paul says to be equipped. He says, the saints. Who's that referring to? Every single Christian. Every single Christian. What are the saints? What are every Christian to be equipped for? He says to equip them for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. This is one thing that we seek to do, is to equip you, Christian, for ministry, for building up the body of Christ. If you are a Christian, God has called you to ministry in some capacity. And it's different for different people. But you should be involved in ministry. You should be serving. If you are a Christian, you have been given spiritual gifts. And you are being equipped for the work of ministry. And you have to be building up the body of Christ. We looked at this in Romans chapter 12. right? The, the diversity of our spiritual gifts and being part of the body. Are you using the gifts that God's given you? Are you serving the body? You should be involved in some kind of ministry. Are you involved in serving the church body? Are you building up the body of Christ? Are you using the spiritual gifts that God has given you? Our goal is to equip you. Are you being equipped and using what has been given to you by God for the work of the ministry? Next, by attaining unity. Verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Be united in faith. United in faith. If you are in Christ, we are not much different. We really are not that much different because we are both saying, look, I'm putting my life, I'm putting my eternal life on the line. I'm saying Jesus saves and that's it. It's not maybe this person saves, maybe this saves, maybe this saves, and Jesus just one of them. No, it's everything on Jesus. And you're saying that and I'm saying that. And that's a big deal because we're both in the same boat here. We're saying I'm committed to him. My all, my everything, it belongs to him. 
You know, people sometimes, they, they relate to each other in different ways. Maybe, maybe like they have the same car, and they're like, oh, yeah, we both have cool trucks. Look at us. Uh, we spent all of our money on this truck. Oh, cool. Right? That's cool. That's fine. Relate to that. But Christians are saying, I'm betting it all on Jesus. Like, everything is on Christ. My life is all about Christ. You too? Yes. You're sold out for Christ? Me too. Like, that is, we are united in that. He says, be united in faith. And he also says, be united in knowledge. Now, we may disagree with things here and there, but when it comes down to the fundamentals of Christianity, when it comes down to the gospel, we're united in that. That we both know and we fully believe the truths of Scripture. This ought to unite us. We may have differences. We're not all alike, and praise God for that. But this we have in common. We are united through our faith and our knowledge of Jesus Christ. There really should be no division among us. Rather, we are united in Christ. Next, by maturing into Christ's likeness. Continuing verse 13. To mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We seek to mature, but not just mature like like armpit hair mature, like not just like, like, oh, we seek to mature. Oh, look, I have grown two inches over the last four years. Like I have matured. Like that's not what we're talking about when you saying mature, but mature in Christ, mature like Christ, become more like him. This is so important, your maturity in Christ. If your goal and your aim is not to become more and more like Christ, you are aiming at the wrong thing. If your goal is to become more and more like like Taylor Swift, you're aiming at the wrong thing. There are so many role models. There are so many influencers. There are so many voices in our day and age. And there's no one we have to seek to be more like than Jesus Christ. As you grow and as you mature, grow and mature into Christ-likeness. Seek to be more like him. Set him at at your aim, as, as your bar. Don't, don't set the, the bar low like Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah, I'd be like Taylor Swift. Set it at Christ. Not that we are Christ or, or that we will replace Christ or, or even that we will be Christ. No, but we are to mature into Christ-likeness. In John 8, Jesus says that he always does what is pleasing to the Father. Is that not our goal as well? Everything I do is pleasing to the Father. Let us pursue Christ's likeness. Next, by standing firm in truth. Verse 14. By standing firm in truth. He says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. The world is filled with garbage and convincing garbage sometimes. You are bombarded every day. Whether you even realize it or not, you are bombarded with thoughts and ideas that are contrary to Christ. And you must be equipped to discern. Are the voices, are are those who are influencing you, are they in line with the word of God? Or are they in contradiction to the word of God? Later in this letter, in chapter 6, in Ephesians, Paul talks about the spiritual warfare that we are in. Do you know that? Do you realize that? 
Are you aware of the spiritual warfare that is happening around you? Are you actively discerning truth from error? Not only are you discerning, but are you standing firm? Are you standing firm in his truth? Or are you being tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine? Don't waver in what you know the Bible says and what you know is true. But stand firm in God's truth. Stand firm on his word. If you seek truth, look nowhere else but here. When your friends or your teachers or TV or social media or whatever, they say something different than this, than his word, then it's wrong. Stand firm, planted deep in God's word and his truths, and be watchful. Stand firm. Next, by speaking the truth in love. Verse 15. We're almost there. I know we're, we're going a little late. I apologize. Verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head to Christ. Many of you guys know the truth. And you've been taught truth and you know it. But you ought to be speaking truth. And some I know are very shy, and for some it's even hard just to, just to say hi to someone. But if you are in Christ, you realize what you possess. I mean, you possess gold, you possess riches, you possess power, freedom, hope. People search their entire lives trying to search for, for truth, for, for the true meaning of life. But if you are a Christian, you have that meaning, and you have experienced it. So speak it. Speak of the truth of the gospel. Speak the truth even to those here. We need to hear it here. Whether it's the gospel truth, whether it's exhortation, we need to hear the truth of God and speak the truth outside these walls because the unbelieving world needs to hear it too. But as you speak the truth, he says, do so in love. Don't speak in pride. Don't speak in anger. But speak in love. Do so with compassion and grace and caring for their soul. Do you have a genuine care and love for others? Speak the truth of God to them. Lastly, by working together as one body. Verse 16. By working together as one body. There it is. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, making the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I mean, we have come full circle here now. We are to be equipped so that we may be part of the growth of the body of God's people, building itself up in love. Are you part of that growth? Are you part of the edification of the body? Don't come here to TYG just as a consumer. Come here as a server. Don't come here with all your preferences, thinking it's about you. I was like, oh, we're playing this game tonight. Oh, oh we're singing this song. Oh, these snacks. Veggie sticks. Oh. <laughs> we appreciate the veggie sticks. That was not an awkward <laughs> Don't just be a consumer where it's all about your preferences, but be a server, putting the needs of others ahead of your own, seeking to serve them, to, to, to care for others, to minister to others. Let that be your goal when you come here. Let your desire and your aim to be that, 
which puts others first and seeks to serve them ahead of your own. Let us serve one another and build one another up in love. This is what TYG is all about. This is why we are here. This is why we exist. If I can answer the question, what is TYG all about? If I can answer that in one word, hopefully I, I can say it. it's about Christ. It's about Christ. It's about Him. That we are all about bringing Him glory. And we seek to bring Him glory in all of these various ways in which we talked about. So I ask you as we close, why are you here? What brings you here? Why spend your time here? Is it okay to come here and have fun? Is it okay to hang out with your friends and do all these things? Of course it is. That's good. That's why we do it. Yes, but do so for the glory of Christ. Youth groups should be about worship, about worshiping Christ in all things. Youth group should not be something that, that you do just out of habit. Oh, it's Wednesday night. I guess I'll go. Or out of guilt or obligation. Like, ah, I guess I just need to put in my time. No. Youth group should be intentional worship of Jesus Christ. And that goes for the students. That goes for the staff. That goes for myself included. It is about worshiping Christ and giving him all the glory. And I love students. I love every single one, that every single one of you are here right now. And I love it when you are here. And I love it when, when, when you bring your friends here. Why? Because I, I care so deeply about you knowing Jesus Christ. And you being fully in love with him. There's nothing more important than your relationship with him. If you don't have a relationship with him, please know that, that, that there's, there's nothing more important in your life than this. You need Christ. And if you are in Christ, continue to seek him above all else. He is our reason. He is our purpose. We come here to worship him. We come here to glorify him. And so I encourage you, evaluate your heart. Evaluate your motive as you enter these doors. Because he ought to be the center of everything we do. Because he is worthy. Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you for the group of people that you have brought here in this ministry. For all these students, for all these staffs, for all these parents. God, we know that you have, in your providence, God, you have brought us all here. Lord, I pray that this, this group would be glorifying to you. I pray that Christ would be exalted, that we would be worshipful to you in everything that we do. Lord, we ask for your protective hand upon us. Pray that your spirit would continue to work in our hearts. God, for your glory and praise, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.